Next on BYU Sports Nation, the MIP of BYU football. The most important player not named Taysom, Tanner, or Jamal for the Cougars. Who does Blaine Fowler think will fit that role for the Cougars in 2016? The dual threat analyst joins us live. Plus, BYU track and field All-American and fan favorite Shaq Walker on his national championship and Olympic aspirations. Do not bet against him. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Well, hello, BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is a Friday. This is how we do it on June 3rd. Nice, Napoleon. Wherever, or is that Kip? Yes. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton. I don't know. Teamed up with donut designer Jerem Jordan. It's National Donut Day. We're very excited about this. Yeah, much more on that later. But first things first, an award for BYU Broadcasting and specifically men's volleyball production. The voice of men's volleyball sits to my left. Hey, I'm just part of the crew, man. And it it is a fantastic crew. Our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner, is in Atlanta and uh, received the award last night, I believe. Uh, congratulations to everyone involved. Michael Miner, Harrison Collier is the producer, Steve Vale, Lauren Frankham, everyone involved. So that's very cool. The category was uh, best live event production. So men's volleyball, we submitted a match against Pepperdine. Boom goes to Dynamite, right? Awesome. Absolutely. So nicely, nicely done by everybody. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Very well cool. done. Very cool. Yay! I don't think BYUS 10 won an award last night. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Oh, man. Maybe next year. <laughs> Are we the Chicago Cubs of BYU broadcast? No, we're not that bad. Well, this year they're great, but they got to win something, right? Hey, we're feeling good. Winning awards. Got a playoff win last night. A little intramural softball as well. Dude! You, okay, so Spencer is father of the year, right? Goes to Jax's t-ball game. <laughs> and, then, and then leaves because it's a playoff game and we need you, right? So you didn't have to come, but you came, which is great. Spencer's in left field. I think he had four or five putouts in left field, two of which robbed base hits, maybe extra base hits. We won the game 3-2 and advanced in the single elimination tournament. I was feeling inspired. That by, was awesome. By Eric Urey. So thank Seriously, you, Eric. Seriously, yeah, Eric Urey, man. Thank you for yeah. inspiring me. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> you know what your reward effort. should be? Eat as many donuts as you want on National Donut Day. Yeah, well, when just, I, just go to town. Let's, just let's go do it, man. Crazy. Just glaze everywhere. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Maple bars for days. You say father of the year. When I left Jax's T-ball game a little bit early, my wife did, like did not probably. think that I was father of the year material. I'm glad you came in. I don't know if we win that game if you're not there. I'm oh. serious. Hey, I'm maybe that, that's worth something, right? You might not be winning in your house, but you won on the field last <laughs> night. Yeah! Isn't it about... Softball. Time. (laughs) Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball announcing they will play in the inaugural State Farm Chicago Legends Tournament at the United Center, the home of the Chicago Bulls, against the University of Illinois on December 17th. It's the second BYU game scheduled for an NBA arena next season. And potentially uh, a third if BYU plays in Energy Solutions Arena. Which I would be surprised if they they don't. They typically do. Hashtag Christmas around the world. Mike Rucker was named the Louisville Slugger All-American third team, becoming the first BYU upperclassman to do so since pitcher Jesse Craig in 2007. Very Congratulations nice. to Mike cool. Rucker. BYU men's soccer tied Las Vegas. The mobsters 1-1 to at Southfield last night after a late goal. 
Uh, PDL play continues all throughout the summer. Yeah, they play next week again. And Zach Blair is tied for 13th at 3-under, while Daniel Summerhays is tied for 85th at even par in the Memorial. Ah, it's a Friday. In Dublin, Ohio. Yeah, not Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. Dublin, Ohio. It's a Friday, and it's National Donut Day. And for those two reasons, we invite you to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The title held by me, MIP. Oh, you see what I did there, Jerem? I did. Uh Uh-huh. The NBA Finals last night, specifically the Golden State Warriors, presented the sports world with a textbook example of how non-superstars can make a major difference. Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson are really good last I checked, right? Uh, yeah. At basketball, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, They combined to score their lowest point total in any game of the season last night. It just so happened to be game one of the NBA Finals. You know what The Rock thinks about that? It doesn't matter! Yeah, it doesn't matter because they won by 15 points. When, when your bench is like that, it doesn't matter. Bench players, role players, important players. A guy like Sean Livingston, who shockingly led the Warriors in scoring last night. Not superstars, but vital to a team's success. BYU football has their fair share of superstars, last I checked, relative to this team. Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, Jamal Williams, all back. We all know it. Jerem knows it. I know it. You know it. But who are the vital contributors outside the superstar spotlight? For Cougar football. That is our Twitter question today. Who is the most important player not named Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, or Jamal Williams to BYU football's success? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At CrazyCougFanatic, Tijon Karoma, what other player touches the ball every play? It all starts with him. And that is my answer. I think that especially with this new offense, and there's still question marks surrounding Tijon and his uh, status, right? Uh, if Tijon Karoma is the starting center for BYU, I think he's the next most important person in this. With the new offense, especially under center, I think of the battery, if you will, the, the catcher and the pitcher, the center and the quarterback, that exchange, that the blocking. Last year, remember, we went into fall camp and we said, these receivers are the strength of this offense. They're probably the strength of this team. What is the strength of this team? Obviously quarterback. But after that, Running back is where it's at. Mm-hmm. So that O-line, led by the center, needs to block well. So I, uh, the entire offensive line, for that matter, but I, I picked Tijon Karoma. I'm right with you. The clear answer to the question in my mind is Tijon Karoma. I mean, a brand-new pro-style offense, quarterback under center, and a loaded stable of running backs with Jamal Williams, Algie Brown, Squally Canada. It literally is going to start with the starting center on every play. Making the calls at the line, he's the quarterback of the offensive line, and he sets the tone. That said, just for some variation, I would like to switch the question now to the defensive side of the ball, and my guy is Fred Warner, who joined us yesterday. BYU is also implementing a change on the defensive side of the ball, and while it's not a major change per se, going from a 3-4 front to four down linemen and three linebackers this year, Fred Warner's role should only grow in importance. He's a veteran now. How about that? We were talking about that yesterday. He came Before he even played at BYU, we were on the air doing this show, and now he's a veteran. Wow. Yeah. So Two years, man. Soak that in a little bit. And he's coming off the most productive season of any returning linebacker. At L underscore Moss underscore Micah answers the Twitter question today by saying Fred Warner. As executive producer in the Warner Brothers defensive studio, there you go. he's going to have to direct some wicked D. Uh, yeah. No, the Warner Brothers are the real deal, man. Like, I'll be shocked if Troy isn't a significant contributor immediately. 
Fred told us yesterday that he is finally 100% healthy and able to train full steam ahead for the first time as a BYU player. He was dealing with back injuries last year, and he said he had two, of, his wrist, two of the worst injuries that you can have as a football player is how he termed it Yeah, in terms of time to come great, back. Great to have him healthy because I, I think that he has NFL potential. Absolutely. The, the dude was being heavily recruited by USC, turned that down and came here. He comes here, Troy Warner comes here. I mean, that, that's a big deal. Here's why he has NFL potential, because of the mindset he carries. Now, we just said he had the most productive season of any BYU linebacker last year. We thought it was really good. This is what Fred thought about it. It was decent for me to describe it. Decent? I, that was decent. Like, that's how I feel. And so now I have a full off season to just get bigger and faster, to work on my craft, and then I obviously have two years of experience under my belt just that confidence builder um, and just going into this next season, I feel like the sky's the limit for me. I thought your response to that was perfect. Decent? Decent? (laughs) Funny to hear yourself later. Like, what? How did I react? Fred Warner had 67 tackles, a lot of them behind the line of scrimmage. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Fred Warner had 11 and a half tackles for loss last year, his sophomore season behind only the defensive end Bronson Kafusi, who is now playing in the NFL. He is the main outside linebacker threat to make plays in space. A guy like Harvey Longy, who's an inside linebacker, his role is to make tackles. Manoa Picula, make tackles, right? Fred Warner is a playmaker. That's why he's getting picks, fumble recoveries, tackles for loss. That's the Kyle Van Noy role, if you will. Yeah. Outside linebacker. Make plays like that. He had two interceptions, four recovered fumbles. He was all over the place. And again, keep in mind, with him not at full strength, so in a 4-3 defense, less linebackers, he's going to make what we think will be a lot more tackles. In fact, I think he needs to make more tackles, and he would agree with me 100%. In this defense, I feel like my my position personally, um, I'm playing out in space, and uh, Coach Tuiaki wants to try and get me involved in pass rushing stuff too to try and get after the quarterback. But, um, you know, ultimately I'm, I'm supposed to make a lot of tackles in this defense. How many tackles, Jerem, will Fred Warner have on September 3rd? Countdown to the Wildcats! 92 days! Part of me wants to uh, argue for a guy like Nick Kurtz. He's going to be the main receiver, I think. Mitchell Jurgens right there, and then you have guys like Colby Pearson, Ronai, Laulu, Pututau. And then you discuss things like, okay, should Travis Tuiloma be that guy? Another guy. At nose tackle? Yeah, there's going to be two nose tackles now. So that's interesting. Is it Kainakua in that secondary, which has some experience? I, I like the idea of having several guys behind there uh, because there's the big three, if you will, and only two of them can be on the field at the same time, which is unfortunate, unless BYU throws some wrinkles in there. Um, but there's, there's some guys behind them that need to play well. I think that last year, this answer was a little clearer. I think that maybe Mitch Matthews was going to be in the conversation for this, whereas this year we've gone with uh, you know, a center and a junior linebacker. Like, it's, it's just different. There needs to be several of these guys that emerge if BYU is going to have eight-plus wins. And in a brand-new offense and a modified defense, no less. This, this is interesting because there are question marks, including the question that we're asking today. And some people have said Mo Longy. Mo Longy won't even be <laughs> on the team, people! <laughs> but there's always, I think there's a Mo Longy answer to every Twitter question, no matter what the question is. Yeah, Algie Brown, Mitchell Jurgens, those guys had roles last year as well. Who is the most important player not named 
Taysom, Tanner, or Jamal for Cougar football in 2016. 92 days away. Exactly three months, by the way, Jerem. Yeah. June 3rd, September 3rd, so game that, number one. You know what that is as well? It's, it's, so it's, 92, it's 99 days until Utah. <laughs> like 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 we we just think about Arizona. I'm thinking about Utah. Yeah, as well. baby. At BYU Teddy Bear eighty nine answers the Twitter question. Anybody whose name is followed is followed with the letters D C B and S. So meaning uh, def- like meaning the secondary. Linemen? Anyone yeah, in the okay. secondary? Yeah. Okay. Weapons on offense are good, so we need defense to complete us. At Chess Sports, you complete in. me, defense. Travis Tuiloma, defensive anchor. Okay. Who yeah. else that told us? Oh, it was uh, Micah Hannum that said Travis doesn't even know how good he is. He he said he's Chris the best Fielding player on the defense. Coming up, BYU fan favorite and All-American Shaq Walker of BYU Track and Field. But first, BYU quarterback alum and dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. How would he answer today's Twitter question? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is happening, as it always is, right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Chime in using the hashtag BYUSN. And coming up later this month, June 30th, BYU Football Media Day live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We will have a live edition of BYU Sports Nation, of course. A two-hour edition, in fact. Uh, that day, June 30th, it's Thursday, with Kalani Satake, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and others right here on BYU Sports Nation. There will be a uh, live show in the morning, uh, our show, the 1996 show in the afternoon will be awesome. Uh, web chats, rebroadcasts, all kinds of stuff coming out of here. All things day. BYU football 27 days from now. The Cougars open the season 92 days Another from countdown. now, as we just documented. Our Twitter question today is about <laughs> BYU football. Who is the most important player not named Taysom, Tanner, or Jamal to BYU football's success at Y for Life? Third string quarterback. Don't even go there. On, Bo man. Hodge. No. Boo Hodge. Thank you, Brady Papinga. That's my favorite thing on this show. Well, good morning. (laughs) It's Brady Papinga. Boo Hodge. Boo Hodge. I'm going to go surf a little bit and watch Point Break (laughs) right after. At Milton underscore Reeves, my favorite actor. Says this. Johnny (laughs) Linehan, we have to win the field position battle in tight games. Mm. There may be something to that. That's that's important. You have to be crazy good to influence the game in that way. Like Tom Hackett at Utah. You could argue that he was Utah's best player, period, right? He was awesome. Download the podcast to hear who Jerem picked and why and who I went with, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Joining us now to answer the Twitter question is our dual threat analyst for college football and basketball. Football on topic today, our guy, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. Welcome back, Blaine. What's up, guys? It's interesting that you reference Utah because I'm not so sure that Hackett isn't the biggest loss for them to graduation. He did so much for that team. We were talking about this. I hadn't even thought about Linehan. That's a good take. Did somebody tweet that? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good take. He could emerge as – because field position is important. Yeah, You could really, really make an argument that no single player won more important games for Utah in the last two years than Hackett. You really really could argue that. Fake punts. Fake punts is what puts him over the edge to me. He he might have won the the Vegas Bowl with the fake punt. And and here's the thing about him. He – Field position, every team they played had to be way better than Utah to beat them because they had to drive long fields every time they had the and ball. And Utah's defense is really good. Yeah. And so that's play great defense, have a great punter, and, and you've, got, you've got something. So at, 
you know what? Hey, kudos to whoever said Linehan. I'm that's that could be one of my top three. At, I didn't think of that one, but that's a good take. That's a good at, hot take. At Milton underscore rat. There you is go. The Twitter. <laughs> so the the rat man himself, <laughs> the rat man came up with a good idea. I like yeah. it, Milton. That's that's a good take, Milton. Uh, what's your pick for this? Uh, answer to the Twitter question. So, so my guy's not a guy named Hackett, and he's not a guy named Linehan. It's 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 a tackling machine named Harvey in the middle mm, of the defense. A linebacker. Yeah, and 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 here's why I think this important. Philosophically, I've had a lot of chance to visit with the staff on what they want to do on both sides of the ball, and this defense is going to be so important. There, there is my man right there, and and I I know that this defense is designed to just make teams plead for mercy when they try to run the football. It's, it's going to be a, you will not run the football. If you're going to beat this BYU defense, you're going to have to be successful dropping back and throwing the ball upfield. Because the short pass game, screens and that kind of stuff, they're going to rally to the football, and you catch a one-yard ball or a behind-the-line scrimmage screen, you're going to get hit right there in the face. And, and you're going to get tackled. If you try to run the ball, the philosophy's got to be you cannot run the ball against this team. And so they're going to try to make teams one-dimensional because there's very few teams that can just line up and throw it. Okay, they don't play Washington State this year. So that's, well, that's a team that you can say, hey, we're going to make you throw it. And you go, well, maybe that's not so a good idea against those guys, right? <laughs> but, but for most teams that they're going to play this year, including the Michigan States and the Boise States, if you make them one-dimensional – they're going to have a hard time moving the football against you. And then if Linehan, who could maybe be our backup guy, can change field position, and now they can't run it and they got to drive long fields throwing the football, I, I think that puts BYU in a good position. So I think that Harvey, in the middle of that defense, needs to lead this team in tackles. He needs to be an All-American type of a player there because this defense will funnel things to the middle backer, and they expect him to be the enforcer, run stopper, and tone setter for this defense. So to me... He's 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 the most important guy outside of the the quarterback, the who's, big al- three. who's always the most important guy. And then your feature tailback is 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 a big big part of it. So I'm glad you guys excluded those because I I think the Harvey's going to have a a big role to play this year. In a four three defense, do you anticipate that the tackling? I mean, just the sheer numbers of tackles will go up for a guy like Harvey Longy and and let's say Fred Warner, who I think is going to play a significant role on this team as well. In, in a four three, the guys in the middle are going to get more opportunities to make tackles. So this defense isn't exactly what Utah ran when Kalani was there. It's not exactly what uh, what they ran, that they ran at Oregon State when Kalani was there. It's not exactly what Ed Lamb ran at, at San Diego or that Stanford ran because that's you know that, that kind of made its way to Southern Utah and Stanford or exactly what they ran at Southern Utah. It's, it's kind of best practices of all those, but it has it roots, its roots in those defenses. Think about Utah. Um, Chaz Walker a few years ago was a walk-on middle backer, um, son of one of one of my teammates from here at BYU, uh, Kevin Walker. Unbelievably productive, all Pac-12. Utah has all Pac-12 linebackers every year. Gianni Paul last year. In fact, Jared Norris last year. So it's a defense that that features great linebacker play. And if you're up to it, and if you're ferocious, and if you get after it, you can have big, big numbers in this defense. So I, I expect. Harvey to have big numbers in this defense. In the past, the defensive line almost got this uh, pass on not making tackles. It was like, well, the linebackers come up and make the tackles. Don't worry. And I thought, well, why, why can't they make some tackles sometimes? Since BYU is going to run with four defensive linemen, kind of this hybrid fourth, it's essentially a linebacker playing D-line. You can call them whatever you want. It's, it's, what, it's a hybrid. 
Should the defensive line be making more tackles this yeah, year? They, they will. Um, in the 3-4, the defensive ends, we call them ends. Remember, Bronson was playing defensive end. But in the 3-4, your defensive ends are more like NFL defensive tackles. They're expected to be block eaters. They're expected to hold two guys at the line of scrimmage and not let them slide to the second level so those two inside backers can scrape and get to the football. And so they're, they're block eaters. In the 4-3, they've got more freedom uh, to get upfield. They can play some one-gap defense in that set. So instead of, hey, hold the line of scrimmage, take up blockers, let the, let the linebackers go make tackles, um, they'll have assignments, depending on the call, where they can hit a gap and go and go make a play. Um, and so still the inside guys are block eaters, but the outside guys will have more freedom. And when you have four down linemen, I, I think your ability to pressure the passer with big guys is there. You, you can play more in your standard set, whether it's a first down play or a third down play. You can be in that same set, and they don't know what you're doing because you're not going to have to situationally substitute quite as much. You can get pressure on the quarterback, and you can defend the run. But that middle backer still gets the benefit of those two big guys inside tying up people and being able to flow to the football. And unless you're playing against a really good center or offensive lineman that can, can get, you know, that can get onto blocks, set them up, then go single and slide down, uh, then your backers get to run a little more free. And so if, if Harvey plays really instinctive football, no false steps, he makes a read and he just goes downhill to the football, he'll have a lot of plays where he'll He'll have a glancing block or he'll be unblocked and he'll get to the football and make plays. So I, you know, I'd like to see a middle backer for BYU have 90-plus tackles, um, and I think that he can do that. Joining us now in Studio B is Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback at BYU in 1984, breaking down the 2016 BYU Cougars and the most important player not named Taysom, Tanner, or Jamal. It's June 3rd, exactly three months away from game number one. Exactly three months away, that's mm-hmm. right. Wait, is it exactly September third, like, like June third, September third. Wow! Now I'm ready to start the countdown. We're now. getting close. I'm, I'm ready, ready to start the countdown now. now. We get to three months. I'm ready. <laughs> it's still three months, though. Oh. I mean, I still have to watch the NBA finals yeah. before I can completely turn the page. Yeah, but I, but I think I can have a hold of the page and I can be holding it up and I can be looking over there. <laughs> <laughs> Technicalities, right? That's June, why I like Blaine. June th- <laughs> yes, yes, Captain Technicality right here. June 3rd, what does BYU need to get done in the month of June, three months out? They still have a lot of guys recovering that have to get healthy. You know, and so right now, th- this is all about getting stronger, faster, and healthy. So guys that had surgery, um, I mean, like, like kind of cool, needs to be health- healthy as he can be by fall. You know, he's got to drop weight again after surgery and get in shape. So there's a number of guys like that that – are rehabbing, getting healthy, and need to be ready to go. Isn't there a quarterback that's rehabbing too? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that because we're (laughs) never going to talk about injuries and say the person whose name shall not be named with injuries at the same time. It's just bad, bad karma. And if we slip, we're going to knock on wood. We're going to wear our hats backwards. We're going to do whatever we have to do to take away bad karma. However much karma we need to deliver. But but you're right. There is a guy whose name we were not going to say when we talk about injuries that really needs to be healthy by by the start That's of fall camp. pretty superstitious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so anyhow, health is a really important thing right now. And then some of the schemes they're going to run, they're going to be aggressive defensively, and they're going to expect them to be really, really physical. So they need to start establishing a physical mindset in you know, player run practices, practices with strength and conditioning staff, and get more explosive. Then on offense, it's not a run-pass option offense anymore. So the offensive linemen are going to have to be more physical, and they need to be working technique because they're going to be expected to kick step, drop step, and pass protect, pocket protect 
more than they have in a lot of years. And so it's a new technique. So they need to not only be working on getting stronger so they can stand up to pass rushes, but, but those guys need to be working technique in their feet every single day between now and fall camp. And, and to me, this offense only goes as far as this offensive line progresses and, mm-hmm. and adjusts to these new schemes because it's important for them to be able to double team, get to the second level, things we talked about that Harvey's going to face. This offensive philosophy is different. It's not zone block and just come off the ball and kind of get in the way and create a seam and have we'll a run find past somebody to hit. It's double team at the point of attack, drive the guy off the ball, slide to the second level, pick up a linebacker, and create a seam for Jamal Williams. It's different. It's different than what they've been doing. And the pass protection is very different than what they've been doing. A lot of get under center, just like the NFL, drop back, create a pocket, funnel people to the outside so Taysom and Tanner have throwing lanes and protect. So feet are important. Great hands are important. So a lot of technique that Mike Empey's had taught these guys through spring ball that they need to now embrace, work on every single day between now and fall camp. How much do you pay attention to the Big 12 expansion stuff? I read about it every day. I don't want to. I say I, I, I make a pact with myself. You know what? This is such nonsense anymore with the conflicting messages coming. I mean, is boring in or is boring out? Yeah, yesterday there were he he was saying a couple months ago, and we talked about like, oh yeah, we need to look at this, and now he's yeah. like, no, we're good. Yeah, it's, wait, it's, what? It's it's like he and the Texas AD got together, and he says, hey, I don't care what you're thinking, you just like kind of cooperate with me and not give away anything, and and so there's all this negotiating going on behind <laughs> the scenes. I mean, in my opinion. They, they need to do something. They need to announce that they're going to do something or that league is at risk for falling apart in the long term. Okay, now it's interesting that you bring that up because yesterday the publisher and owner of OrangeBloods.com, which is embedded in Austin, Texas, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jeff Ketchum said this on Twitter, the idea of Big 12 expansion is essentially the same as two people in a bad marriage deciding to have kids in an effort to save their marriage, which which suggests that... Adding members, expanding into an already bad marriage or or bad situation in the conference. What do you think about that? The only bad marriage is Texas married to everybody else because Texas is, is has self interests that aren't in the best interests of the rest of the conference, and it's been that way for a long time. There, you talk to people in that conference, and I've had a chance to be in that conference a little bit in my broadcasting, and and everybody's like Texas are the haves, and everybody else is the have nots. As good as Oklahoma is. Oklahoma seems to cooperate with the rest of the league and understand the importance of the rest of the league. Texas, because they don't have a revenue credit, Texas doesn't need another dollar. They're yeah. great. They're one of the top revenue-generating programs, not just through ticket sales. They're the number one yeah, in the they're, NCAA. They're, their apparel and those kinds of things is, I mean, go down to anywhere in the state of Texas, and you see burnt orange everywhere. So they're not concerned with financial issues whatsoever. Um, and so they're just like, why are we going to dilute anything? Why do we need to play anybody else? Everything's great. While the rest of the league is going, we need more revenue. We don't want this gap to be so big between the SEC and the ACC. And some new light has been shed in the last couple of weeks. CBS Sports published an article um, where they talked about the fact that there is a built-in contractual obligation by the TV partners that if you add teams, that the additional revenue has to be given to the league. So, so now we know that it isn't splitting up the same pie in more ways, that they're guaranteed by contract that if they add a team, that there's enough revenue to support that team from the television contract. So what's the holdup? What's the holdup? Well, That's the, hold the up, question. What the is holdup the hold is, is yeah. that Texas is the holdup. Um, and, and, so, and they 
are good at lobbying, and they you know talk to teams that they feel they're responsible for bringing the league, like TCU and Baylor, and you know Baylor's got all kinds of other distractions going on right now. But but they're telling those guys, hey, we brought you here, we're your you know we're your brother, you need to hang with us. This isn't good for us. Hang with us. I think Texas's big fear is that somehow they're going to be forced to disband the Longhorn Network, which is, brings in you know over ten million dollars a year, million a in, year in revenue, and they're going, yeah, we've got that, and so. There's a gap. There's a revenue gap, and that gives Texas an advantage, and they don't want to see that advantage go away. So I, I don't blame them for taking that position, but I think that's the holdup. That's the sticking point right now. If the revenue's there, bring the teams in. Pick from the ones that are there right now because down the road, and I don't know if it's five years, eight years, I believe that there's going to be another major realignment, and the ACC and the SEC and the Big Ten – are all likely going to go to 16 teams. And when they do, don't you want to have the ones that are there that are the top to pick right now, or do you want them to be gone at that time? Because at that time, if you go, okay, now we've got to expand, and the and the uh, ACC says the Cincinnati, hey, come, and the Pac-12 says the BYU, come, why would you go to the Big 12 at that point? Yeah. they got a chance to get the best teams right now. They should take it. Big 12 might get gobbled up, bottom line. And I think with what we've learned this week, Texas – is okay with that. They're okay with that. If if you're if you don't do something in the near future, then the big teams are going to be attractive expansion opportunities into other leagues. If you do something now and you change the television contract the way the ACC did, where the league holds the rights to all the teams, you really make it difficult, really really punitive for teams to leave at that to leave the league at that point. It's hard for ACC teams. They get such a penalty in television revenue and rights based on this new contract when they expanded last. Yeah. That it would be hard for anybody to poach the ACC. Right now the Big 12 doesn't have that kind of contract. This is what they need to write into it. Give themselves long-term security and get a, you know, get, add some good quality teams. And revenue shouldn't be an issue. Blaine, get yourself ready. Three months away from the first football game. Thanks for the time, man. All right, guys. Good to see you. Our Twitter question today, who's the most important player not named Taysom Tanner or Jamal to BYU football success? Use the hashtag BYUSN to reply. Coming up, Shaquille Walker chasing down a national championship in track and field and Olympic dreams. How close is he to achieving both? But first, big deal, no deal. BYU playing hoops in Chicago's United Center. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on a Friday. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You can watch BYU Sports Nation, Studio C, Story Trek, whatever you want. BYU football, basketball from... uh Years gone by on the Apple TV, BYU TV app, fourth generation only. Download it today in the App Store. Let's remix today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Whoa, let's not do that, actually. <laughs> okay, we Please won't. no. BYU basketball <laughs> will play in the inaugural State Farm Chicago Legends Tournament at the United Center against Illinois on December 17th. It's the second BYU game scheduled in an NBA arena next season. Mike Rucker was named the Louisville Slugger All-American third team, becoming the first BYU upperclassman to do so since Jesse Craig in 2007. The men's soccer team tied Las Vegas 1-1 at Southfield last night after a late goal from the Mobsters. And PGA Golf, Zach Blair, Daniel Summerhays, and the Memorial will get you an update in the Cougar Whip Round. Now it's time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big deal. No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries clean solutions, a tradition for generations. You know how it works. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Mandatory 
Voluntary off-season workouts. <laughs> I think this is a big deal. In, uh, in the past, this used to be, and Fred Warner told us about the mandatory voluntary, right? Um, in the past, it used to be Gary Scheide could just go fishing all summer and then show up later in the summer, and then they'd play football, and it'd be great. It's a year-long thing now. Fred Warner told us they have a week off. A week off. We're talking about the entire year for BYU football. I love it that BYU is putting in the time during the summer. This is a big deal. Yeah, Fred Warner mentioned yesterday, as Jerem just referenced, that other than that week, it's time to work all off-season long, and they use mandatory voluntary because it's, it's that pressure that they all feel because they want to compete at the highest level. Because the elite and programs if the coaches here that you weren't there, that's doing not it. good. Exactly. So you can't mandate it, but everybody feels like, okay, I've, I've got to do this. And that mindset is good for BYU football, especially with implementing a brand-new offense and changes in the defense. Like The more that they can train and get stronger and faster, the better. This is a big deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. The Big 12 presidents continue to meet... Today, it's with TV consultants. No deal. Wake me up when somebody does something. Will they even vote on whether or not they're going to make a decision about expansion? Now, that is ridiculous, what you just said. To decide to decide? Huh? Will they even do that? Just just tell me when someone does something. Something being, I thought. Okay, we so are going to expand. If they don't expand, don't tell me. This because time I'm around, assuming they won't. This time around, until they do, because they spent so much money and they have spent so much time in the media limelight dealing with this. I thought maybe, just maybe, it's going to be different because they're investing funds and time and effort into it with analytics and research agencies and all of this stuff, and yet nothing. Why do it if you're not? If you're not going to do anything. Exactly. Sound like my sound like my little daughter with a cold last night. Get better, Venna. <laughs> but good grief. This is no deal to me because what are they going to be presented with today that they don't already know? That they haven't heard. Which which introduces our new segment, Big Twelve Rhetorical Questions. Oh my good grief. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's number <laughs> number three. Yes, please, let's move on. Number three is just the great American way. I mean, we're meeting to decide, to send delegates to decide to, for information on who we're going to vote for and why we're going to vote, and it goes on. Yeah. What yeah. Is number three. Society? <laughs> Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops playing Illinois in the United Center. Big deal. Awesome that these guys get to play in NBA arenas. I think that's fun. It's very different than playing at Illinois, playing in the home of Michael Jordan, fanta- in the home of Bill Wennington, that's fantastic. Big deal. Wow, you just went to Bill Wennington. How about Judd Bushler? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the, we go over days. Ron Harper, VJ Armstrong, Chicago Bulls. Tony Kukoc, <laughs> all the, you, Craig Hodges. Steve Kerr was a Chicago Steve Bull. Steve Kerr. Yeah, how about that? Anyway, this is a big deal Jack because— Jack Haley. It's another opportunity for BYU to play on a big stage to get that. These games, Stacey are the, King. These are the, these games and these types of arenas are the types of courts and arenas that BYU would be playing in in a major postseason tournament. Bill so, Cartwright. I think. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, Scotty Pippen. Who was I guess. the first guy to hug Michael Jordan after he hit the shot against the Cleveland Jim. Cavaliers? 
1990 oh, or 89? F- yeah. yeah, the one over Craig Elo. 88, I think. I don't know. It was Brad Sellers. Brad number Sellers. Two. Okay, big deal, no deal, number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU baseball ace Mike Rucker being named to a third-team All-American. I think it's a big deal. A big deal, even though it's third team. I think it's a big deal when you have anyone on your team that's an All-American. A bunch of people play baseball. It's the American pastime, uh, and so it's nice that Mike Rucker is named an All-American. That's that's cool. Um, I wish that there were more guys on that list, especially given the way BYU hit the ball this year. Uh, but to have one is good. It's the first player to make an All-American list for BYU baseball in almost a decade. Since 2007. It took nine years. So that alone makes this a big deal. Upperclassman in the release. That makes me think that an underclassman was in it at some point. Ben Saylor was an All-American. In 06. Oh, in 06. Has it been that long? Yes. Oh, gee. (laughs) It's it's an even bigger deal then. (laughs) It's a big deal. Number five. Number five, hang on, just a second. Eating a <laughs> donut? Deal, no deal. Krispy Kreme donuts on National Donut Day. Bring the donuts yeah, up. Yeah, we need it. Thank you, Chase Metcalf, one of our production assistants. Thank you, Chase. Yeah. I like um, the BYU Sports Nation wristband, by the way. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, let's, uh, let's have uh, some donuts. So here. there was a discussion today in our pre-production meeting. Yeah, how does that donut taste, Ben Bagley? Uh, discussion it's today delicious. about whether or not Krispy Kreme's. <laughs> of course it is. We're overrated. Are Krispy Kreme donuts overrated uh, on National Donut Day? I can emphatically say this no. This is nonsense. How's that donut taste, Jerem? Mm, Delicious? Yeah. Big deal because we got these in the studio. Is, this is a big deal. Yeah, this is great. Who's paying for this? Big deal doing a live television show while you're eating. I eat the whole you're thing. breaking rules right now, Mr. Technicalities. Someone else brought it in. <laughs> Big Deal No Deal brought to you by Brady Industries. Up next, an All-American designation for BYU Baseball. We just told you about it. And speaking of All-Americans, Shaq Walker joins us next. He's chasing down his dream. I need to eat some more donuts. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shaq, you want a donut, dude? I don't know if we can get BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. You have any more of that donut left on your lip, dude? We good? No. Well, we gave the rest of them to our hardworking. Save some for me. Staff. Yeah, we did. Except for one. You better save at least one more for me. It's National Donut. That's true. Day. I want one more too. So, <laughs> Ben Baglick, I want a chocolate frosting. As everybody's like donut. already stuffing them into They're them, like, I was like, oh. what? Like a bunch of squirrels? <laughs> if you we were just told episode. they were gone. What? <laughs> if <Huh>? you... <laughs> oh my goodness. If you miss an episode what? of this show live, the rebroadcast airs on BYU TV weeknights at 6 Eastern. Follow uh, follow social media. <laughs> Awkward transition. <laughs> At BYU Sports Nation. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. BYUSN on Snapchat. Oh, my goodness. Now, talk- I'm, just, now I'm just lightly angry. Why? Because the donuts are gone? another donut. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's one for you after. Okay. They're hungry. <laughs> oh, that's confirmed? They're all gone? Yeah. Unbelievable. They're saying hurry up and introduce could we not, Shaq Walker. Could we not save one for Shaq Walker? Good Compliance grief. Compliance issues. He's we an all-American. Yeah. Shaq, welcome <laughs> back to Studio B, track and field superstar. Nice to have you with us. Thanks for having me. It's always have, fun. Have you ever eaten a donut? You know what? I, you don't I, look I, like you've ever had a donut, <laughs> I used to eat donuts a lot, but then uh, one of the freshmen on the team, his name's Connor Ross, he told me this horrifying story about his grandfather or something and how 
yeah, it's it's kind of sad, but how he eats these donuts, and the doctor told him if he had another donut, it would kill him because oh. they're like the worst foods. And Connor Ross doesn't eat them, so I, I try not to eat them. You now. have implemented Connor's wisdom. Well, I'm just afraid. Like he made it sound like it was gonna like <laughs> kill me. You know, like <laughs> you have one donut. God. He was like, "You're gonna die." These are like the worst. Like they're known for these transplant all these words I don't know. And yes, yeah, that sounds scary. <laughs> I don't want words I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't want that. I'm on this way. Yeah. By the way, we need to settle a debate, okay? Okay. That we've had going on for a little while. All right. Does a 499 40 yard dash count as a 4940? Oh, yeah. Yes. See? Yes. 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 Oh, I'm not gonna, man. Because, you know, the, the clock has listen, to – It was listen. under a minute 45. As a, as a BYU track <laughs> official, I cannot stand for such nonsense. 4-9. You don't even say 9-9. Nine, nine, just say 9. Are you going to take this guy serious? I feel like the, the man in the yellow hat yellow. and Curious George. He doesn't even have a name. It's just a man. As an official, <laughs> I cannot honor this nonsense. Okay. Let's, Especially let's, if you're, if you're over 30 years old. And oh. No, I'm kidding. I would even call it 4-8. I mean, it's like it's like the same thing. You have to take talking, into they got to prorate that. Somehow. We're talking a tenth of a sec. Come on, four eight. Give this, them the four. This eight. is garbage. Okay, hey, you're running legit times, my friend. No, let's talk about actual <laughs> yes things. What do you expect from your experience in Tracktown USA and Eugene next week uh, at the uh, national championships? Um, so I expect to win. Like that's that's my goal. That's my expectation. I it's it's really easy to sit here now and say that. Um, I think in the past I've always. I've always avoided it saying, oh, I want to win. I always say, like, I want to do the best I can, you know. And, Lame. And then I, I never win, you know. <laughs> like, like Tell I, us something. Yeah. The only races I notice that the races that I win is because I always expect to win. I'm like, you know what? I expect to win at regionals. Like, I expect to win these races. Um, and so I think that's the expectation I have to have. I think if I have anything less than that, I won't win. You know, and if I do, then it's like some major surprise. And I, I don't want it to be like this miracle. I can't believe I just did that. But I want to like truly believe in myself and truly have the faith that I can compete with the best in the country. I love the confidence. I really do. As a track official, I, I really appreciate <laughs> that. What, where, does your, where does your time rank nationally right now? In the um, so nationally, so in the college, in the world of college track and field, it's ranked second right now. Um, second, okay. Which is, I mean... It, this keeps happening every year. Last year on at the Arizona Sun Angel Classic, I ran one forty five seventy eight, and it was ranked one at the time. And then someone ran a little faster, and so it finished second. The same thing this year, um, except this year I, I thought the one forty four would have been safe, but um, there's a guy running really well right now in Mississippi State, and so he ran three tenths of a second faster. Um, and so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really exciting race. I think it's gonna maybe be faster than you know a lot of us expect, and it's. I don't know. I think it's just going to come down to who wants it. Well, if you have that guy, I mean, you would think that mentally you're going to push each other. Oh, yeah. And so you can anticipate, like, okay, we might see, you know, something very special. Well, yeah. I mean, even his time was only, I mean, I guess technically it was three-tenths of a second off the collegiate record. And he ran that solo. I mean, he had a rabbit, but he had to do the last 400 by himself. Same with me. I had a rabbit for the first 400, but I had to do What do you mean you had a rabbit? Oh, so, like, we have, there's, there's, like, these bunny rabbits. And they just like release Get out of here. <laughs> just get out of here. <laughs> no, it's like a pacer. Um, yeah. So like Sean Adams, he ran here last year. He was my pacer. They, they take you through a certain amount of you know, distance and you just sit on them and you don't think about it. You just run. They're out they there ju- running with you. Yeah. So they set the pace. Yeah. And then they move out the way after like you know, half the race and then you just power home. Well, 
you you finish the race if you so, can. So so you <laughs> yell during the race, move, get out the way. Do you <laughs> yell that at them? <laughs> no. Well, I told him before the race. I was like, I don't want to have to say move, get out the. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If anything, I was like, please stay, please stay. And he was like, I'm done. <laughs> and so, uh. no, but it, it really helps. And so, I think to have us two there, and there's other people, you know, that are running really well also. And so, we're all going to be pushing each other. I expect that with 200 meters to go, three or four people in the field, maybe the entire field will still be pretty closely to get close back together. So it's going to come down to who just wants it more and who can, who can dig deep. I love it. 200, you know, like those those super Mm. cliche terms, but I really think that's what's going to happen. Like, do you have it? Can you dig deep? Do you want it? And that's next Wednesday. Wednesday. What? 745. So Wednesday, the, my, my 800 prelims at 614 Mm -hmm. Eugene time. Okay. So 914 Eastern. Yeah, there yeah, nine fourteen Eastern. There you go. Um, and then the on Friday the final is at six forty seven, so nine forty seven Eastern. Okay, we'll be mark watching. it down. I, I believe uh, what watch ESPN, ESPN three broadcast it. Yeah, I think it's yes, yeah, yes, something ESPN, ESP right. something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one of the ESPNs. Yeah. Listen, do you have your South Korean lady with her big signs flying, <laughs> flying over to support you? Jack you know, I uh, I think I'm gonna call her. Can you make the trip to Eugene? <laughs> I, I that need far. that big sign that says Shaq Walker. <laughs> Shaq that is Walker. maybe my favorite story of all time on, <laughs> so on this program. Speaking of uh, different events, I mean, not only do you have the national championships uh-huh. coming up, but U.S. Olympic trials yeah. uh, in early July. So mm-hmm. where does that fit into your summer? So um, so I'll be done with the collegiate season June 10th, and then the Olympic trials begin July 1st, and then there's there's three rounds. So July 1st, July 2nd, and July 4th. The 4th of July, right? Yeah, but, baby. And so on the 4th of, the ju- of July, my, a lot of people's dreams are going to be coming true. They're going to be coming Olympians. And so, you know, that, that when I think of the 4th of July, and it's usually pretty cool, you know, fireworks and barbecue. The movie Independence Day. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, the movie. Yeah. But this year I think about the 4th of July, and I'm like, what if I made the Olympic team? On the fourth of July, you know, like, and like, I would imagine there's no fireworks, maybe, but in my head, there's yeah. fireworks, and I'm like waving a flag and kissing my wife. And yes, the, you know, I, you know the people that hold the babies. Like, I imagine that I'm like holding a baby. Just grab a random baby and just like run yeah. around. With it. Just how about you have a rabbit? You just have a rabbit. You're like, yeah, we did it. A bunny rabbit is yeah. just carrying around. Oh, Shaq, we need to do this again soon, man. Yeah. Will you come back and join us again soon? I, I would love to. But, you know, there's stories that you, you guys need to hear. Yes. Like the 880, the legend of the 880. Yes. But we'll talk about that another time. Yes. Crazy. Mar- I'm marking it down right now. I'm going to put it in my topic, uh, my record of topics. My, so my record of topics. The legend yes. of the 880. <laughs> As a track <laughs> official, I sanction. You should I, wear that the rest I of the time. sanctioned this interview. Jerem's never looked better in I'm his gonna, life. I'm going to wear this. What? I'm going to wear this. I'm going to wear this Discovered next Wednesday space. in your honor. Yeah. <coughs> well, thank you. Let's give you some karma for that race, yes. huh? Win a national title. Woo! Awesome. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation Shaq. karma for Shaq Walker. Shaq, it's good to wrap it. Shaq, thanks for Shaq the time, Walker. man. Shaq Walker, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> we need him on more. We need Shaq on way yes, more, man. Yes, yes. Way more. When are we doing it again? Let's figure it out. <laughs> Up next, yeah. another NBA arena for BYU basketball to get buckets in. An All-American love. No, not Ooh. for Shaq. Oh, boom! Oh, donuts are being eaten by the donuts, students. By the way, <laughs> hey, who's in the control wow. room? Anarchy. Wow. 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 I can't officially sanction that. Unbelievable. Hey, hey! BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
Men's basketball. BYU men's basketball will play in the inaugural State Farm Like a Good Neighbor Chicago Legends Tournament at the United Center. Again, that's not the official name. It's close, though. Against Illinois, December 17th. It's the second BYU game scheduled in an NBA arena next season. Mm-hmm. Baseball. Mike Rucker was named to the Louisville Slugger All-American third team, becoming the first BYU upperclassman to do so since pitcher Jesse Craig in 2007. Soccer. Men's team tied Las Vegas 1-1 at Southfield last night after a late goal from the Mobsters. Cougars in the PGA. At the Memorial, Zach Blair is currently tied for 40th at 3-under. He just teed off moments ago. One shot ahead of one Jordan Spieth, Daniel Summerhays, is even par, tied for 81st through two holes. Jerem? Cougars in the minors. This course is electric. <laughs> Jacob Hanneman went two for four with a run for the Tennessee Smokies, and Jacob Bregman also scored a run for the National Sounds. Volleyball. Middle blocker Russell Holmes and assistant coach Mike Wall are in Cuba with Team USA playing exhibition matches against Cuba tomorrow and Monday in preparation for the World League. Ben Patch, an alternate on that team. Golf. The women's team arrived in Joburg, Johannesburg, South Africa, yesterday as they started their international trip there. Cool. Rise and shout today brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it? BYU Ultimate Frisbee coach Bryce Merrill, (laughs) my neighbor, named (laughs) national runner-up. For National Coach of the Year. Well done, Bryce. Very nice. Well done, Bryce. I officially sanction that not award. I haven't taken you serious since you put on that track and field. (laughs) Since Labor Day of 2013 (laughs) when we started this show. It it goes back a ways, my friend. (laughs) Who is the most important player not named Taysom Tanner or Jamal to BYU football success? Our elite tweet of the day from at Still Team Riley. The MVP outside of Tay, Tanner, and Jamal, a.k.a. the non-Lone Peak 3, <laughs> has got to be Kai Nakua. Dude is a straight-up baller. There you go. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Shaq Walker, and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, hashtag BYUSN. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout-out to Josh Hamblin. BYU Sports Day's back to work on Monday. Go eat some donuts. Where are ours? Have a good one.